Hello, 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 my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Today on the show, I am introducing you to my newfound soul sister. That's just what I'm going to call her because I don't know what else to call it. I just feel like we're kindred spirits. No, I have never met her in real life, but I'm forcing her to be my friend through the internet, and I think you all are going to really, really love her. My guest today is Allison Faulkner, who is a branding and events expert, host of the podcast Awesome with Allison, a top 100 health and wellness podcast, a consultant for Fortune 500 companies, writer, speaker, artist, self-proclaimed nonsense dancer, you guys can see why I love her, author and CEO of Allison's Brand School, partnering with Microsoft and Alaska Airlines, among others. Allison is obsessed with her kids, husband, family, and friends, and she did not tell me this in her bio but I'm also going to include cats. One other reason why I also love her so much. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Welcome to the show, Allison. I don't do a very good job not giggling during everything, but um, hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. Oh, I am so excited. I had to say the cats, Allison, because this week on Instagram, (laughs) you shared that your daughter was learning how to knit and making your cat sweaters. And I just need to tell you that this is the content I'm here for. Like I needed those pictures of your cats so badly. Well, and the best part is, is like my entire life, like I am allergic to cats. I don't like cats. I'm not a cat person. I like dogs. If you're not a cat person, you just haven't, you just haven't like observed a cat. That's that's my new theory. I agree with that. I was the same way. I was always a dog person, but my husband, I married a cat person. And now Mm. I am the proud mom of five porch cats and I don't see myself ever going back. You trump me because I have four, but they're not, they live inside. And here's just in my defense, everyone, we got one cat because my youngest daughter bullied me into it. She didn't. She manifested. <laughs> Let's be fair. That she, sounds she nicer when you say manifest cat. versus bully. <laughs> she was kind of maybe bullied, but she's only seven. So we have time. So she manifested this cat. We couldn't get the cat fixed fast enough because it was like a little after COVID and all of the animal shelters were like, you couldn't get in. So she got pregnant. And then I felt like the only responsible thing to do was to keep all three cats. So we have four cats. (laughs) I don't blame you. I really don't blame you. I do not blame you at all. Our cats were um, barn cats. Like they were born in the barn because I live on a ranch. And we coerced them to our porch with baloney, which is why we call them porch cats. Yeah. And then one of them, not fixed, had another litter. And, you know, we kept some of those too. So I I get it. I get it. Another yeah. reason why I think we're yeah. school sisters, you know? I just had to. I just had to. My husband, honestly, if I showed up to the house with a basket full of kittens, and we live in a small apartment, he would be the happiest man ever. Like there's never I enough. Love that. Never I love enough. That. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Before we jump in, I first need to just give a quick shout out to Hillary Richards because it is because of my dear friend Hillary that I even know you. And I, I just need to give a shout out to Hillary because we love Hillary. We love Hillary so, so much. Y'all, she is the head of the She Can Club up in Sonoma County, California. And she's awesome. So quick shout out to Hillary. We love you, Hillary. You're here with us in spirit. <laughs> yes. And Hillary makes the world a better place. She oh, really does. Amen. Amen. Now, before we jump in, Allison, for people that do not know you yet, first of all, you should be so excited to get to know Allison. Tell me what your <laughs> origin story is. Oh, you know, I've got to do a couple of keynotes this weekend and it's been a while. And I was trying to think, how can I do an, my origin story that it's not boring to me? Mm -hmm. um, I've, been <laughs> I've been trying. I always just want to like skip. I'm like, oh, it's just so We Don't we already know? Okay, how about this? Um, I started with a blog mm -hmm. back in the day. DIY crafts essay writing. I'm a trained copywriter, worked at an advertising agency, worked at Hallmark Cards for an internship in alternative humor. I've always been a crafty lady, lots of anxiety, lots of intensity. Go, 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 right? Um, lots of achieving. And so my blog, I shifted it kind of into Instagram, started dancing on Instagram. This There was no TikTok. There was no tickety talk. There was no cute choreographed dancing. I was just air humping, thinking it was hysterical. That turned, that turned, lots of people unfollowed me. That, I thought I was going to be like this party hosting, like everyone should worship me like Martha Stewart. I'm a creative genius. No, they just wanted to dance with me. I'm like, fine, I'll dance with you. So then, I, but happily. And so then I started throwing these huge dance parties. Meanwhile, kind of growing partnerships, branding, business. And after a while, it got to be a lot with the these big, you know, Disneyland-like production dance parties. I would do a new theme every single time. Then I was like, I want everybody to take me seriously. And so I went from popping out of a cake at my 700 women dance party, dancing with sharks, to in a giant cake I had commissioned so that I could pop out of it. I was not naked. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And if I was, more power to me. But I wasn't. I was just kind of like a pinata. And then um, I started doing what I called Allison's Brand School. And I got really excited because I was like, you know what? If somebody had an idea, something to sell, I know how to do it. Because at this point, I'd been working for like 10 years. Um, and I didn't, I've never been super comfortable like being a billboard. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but like I would get too emotionally stressed of like doing a good job for companies. And I was like, I'd rather sell my own product. So I shifted and I went from doing these all female dance parties. And I started just in my office hosting a workshop that turned into how to build an awesome brand workshop, which turned into Allison's brand school, which had online courses. That's where all the fancy consulting and whatnot and teaching in-person workshops. And I started my podcast in that year too. So that was like 2017. I started my podcast, Awesome with Allison. I started doing the branding workshops that grew, um, had office space, full-time employees, probably 15 to 20 contract workers who would help with the coaching. What else did I do? A cookie course in there somewhere along the line, had some three children somewhere along the line. I had a lot of anxiety attacks somewhere along the line, lots of, you know, 
speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's bring us all the way up to 2020. I am, you know, giving a keynotes to 10,000 people and just living my little dream. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to change my business and do all keynotes because I love speaking. Um, I have a coaching group called Awesome On Demand. I do meditations, all the things. So then 2020 happens. And I was like, you know what? I should just quit everything because I'm tired and I don't really want to do anything anymore. And the world was really hard. And then I got a book deal. And that was my dream the whole time. The whole time. I did all of this stuff to get a book deal. Um, I get the book deal. I'm like, maybe I should quit. Maybe I'll do the book deal. I wrote the book and then my body shut down. Then right before I have a nationally published with HarperCollins, a nationally published book come out, I ghost the internet. And stop doing my podcast and stop doing everything. Just having all this faith that like, I'm going to heal. So is the nervous system shut down. Uh, lots of stuff of just working and working and adrenaline. And, you know, I thought I was taking care of my body. You know, I did. Because I was forcing it to do the things uh, mm -hmm. to look good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. yep. And uh, so then last year in 2022... My book came out. It's called You're Already Awesome. And it's been amazing and incredible. And I traveled all over the country. But there is a real reality of I left the internet and then came back and was like, oh, I just had a quick psychotic break. I'm good now. Here's my book. So it's been like, <laughs> wait, do people want to listen to me now? Are they leaving? They're like, we're not listening to this girl. No, they're like, wait, I had a psychotic break too. Let me hear Yeah, more. and so it really, about six or seven years ago, you know, I just was doing so much to try to not feel so crazy and have so much anxiety. And I realized, I had this big shift where I realized I don't need to be more awesome. I would like to feel awesome. And my book is really based on how much my life has changed and the shifts and the changes that needed or got to happen, the healing that has happened, um, the negotiations with myself that it took, the pain that it took, the sadness, the sorrow that it took to really embrace the truth of you're already awesome. And what I really am so proud of about my book is when I wrote it um, at the end of 2020, it felt very inspired, very channeled, and it flowed out of me. It was a, you know, accumulation of my life stories. And definitely it's related that I reflected and put my whole life together and then my body shut down. Duh, that makes a lot of sense in retrospect, right? And people are like, I'm not writing a book now. <laughs> like the crypt keeper, like the hand of the grave coming out, be careful. But um so, I mean, I did I do did I do it? Did I recap it? What I take like 10 minutes? Um, <laughs> Allison, this is this is as you're sharing your origin story, I'm like, what about this did she could she have possibly thought was boring? Oh. <laughs> I mean, the fact that your origin story included you jumping out of a cake at a shark party. Like there there's nothing about that story that's boring. I mean, you know it and you talk about yeah. it all the time, so maybe you're tired of hearing yeah. it, but um that is the very opposite of boring. Well, thank you. Well, it's thank you for letting me practice cuz I think if I tell it you're that so way, welcome. do you think that worked? Yeah. Do you like the value I loved I'm it. asking for right now? 
Yes, of course. Ask for what you need. Feel validated. I loved it. It was great. So, so <laughs> the cool thing is, is that I wrote my book and I'd been, you know, learning the principles and very much had an intellectual sta- understanding and probably like an emotional understanding of a lot of them. But between the time I wrote the book and the book came out, my lived experience. And I, it really was like, if I'm going to put this book out, like I'm going to, like, I will live it. Like I will live mm-hmm. it. And I'd been living it to the best of my awareness and consciousness to that point. But the consciousness mm-hmm. and awareness has, has very much deepened in the lived experience. And so even though it's been interesting to kind of come back and so much has changed online in the last few years and in mm-hmm. the world and just the nature of how we um, create communities and interact with one another, I feel like we're at a very pivotal time right now. Which is why, you know, essentially right now my brand school is like on pause. Mm-hmm. And it's truly because, you know, I'm interested to see, like, I'm, I'm learning again. Like, I'm, I'm learning yeah. again. I'm back to, back to the beginning. I'm back, mm-hmm. back to the beginning. Um, it's a little uh, Princess Bride. I just like to, in Inigo Montoya, where, do you know Princess Bride? Yeah. 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 Do I know? And, of course. And of it's course. like, um, Inigo, Inigo is like drunk in the thieves forest. And he's like, Fazzini said to come back to the beginning. And he goes back there when they're, <laughs> you know, so that's like, I feel like the drunk man in the thieves forest kind of stumbling around like I'm back to the beginning. Um, <laughs> I love that visual so much. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I really love him because you know, there's that scene where he like takes his father's sword and he's like praying and he's He's like, guide me. And he like falls mm-hmm. against the tree and he finds that secret passageway. Mm-hmm. That is a, that is my life. That is how mm-hmm. I live. That is how I live currently. Here's the best part for anybody who's like, wait, was it, what's, is there any hope for us all? Yes. Here's, <laughs> here's the best part. Things that were impossible to me before are so easy and fun to me now. I've Mm. been able to do these one-on-ones with people. It's very easy to get so caught up in the more, the more. I want to talk to more people, grow more, Mm -hmm. reach more people. Uh, There's so much beauty in the one. And I've been able to do these power hours where I talk to people super in depth. Kaya and I did one. It was so Mm -hmm. fun. And I get to know people. And what I'm realizing is I didn't really have like the capacity to do that before because there was so much going on inside me. And now I'm able to have these conversations and I don't carry and I don't project and I'm not trying to prove and I don't have an agenda. If you think it was great, great. I'm going to bring unconditional love and my all. And then like I get off the calls with people and I can live my life. Mm. That is a miracle. Like that is truly a miracle to me. It's a miracle. What would it have been like if it was Allison 10 years ago, what would it have been like after she got off a call like that? She would have had to ruminate and rehash everything. Mm. Uh, Probably like go and find the person online and like a bunch of their pictures to make sure they feel validated by me, to Mm. make sure they think I'm a good person, to make sure they think I'm not selfish. I I would think about it a bunch and then maybe Mm. be watching a movie with my kids and then you know, have a flashback to something I said and freak out that it was inappropriate or I shared too much, even though I was still really confident, right? It's just like beating the actual living crap 
out of myself. And so what I love so much about the spot I'm in now is it's not self-improvement. It's not self-help. It's just self-acceptance. And I just am so delighted to walk around and tell everybody, cut yourself some slack. You're doing a really good job. And if you feel terrible, well, that's part of being a human. And let's like see what we can create with that, how we can feel it, how we can embrace it. Um, you're not living life wrong, mm, right? I and it's that. just, it's just so... Oh, it's a miracle. It seriously just feels like a miracle. It it mm-hmm. really does. And the other beauty is I'm talking to people who maybe are in the position I was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I can focus on all of the things that aren't the way I want them to be right now. All of the, the hard, difficult parts of, you know, blowing your life up and coming back and healing and, and, and doing the hard work. But I can't sit there and deny I'm like that I, when the people are describing to me how they feel, I'm like, oh my gosh, I used to feel exactly like that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it helps, it helps you see the progress and it, it really puts me in this place of compassion and empathy. And I'm just so excited to be able to tell people it can feel better. Like mm-hmm. it can, like you can feel better and yeah, it's better in like a, just like a deep soul grounding way. Mm-hmm. And do I step out of that? Absolutely. Because, you know, I was listening to a really cool um, astrologer speak and this woman kept talking about she, want, she wanted to find enlightenment. And that's so me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just want to live with the angels and be floating and just like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you're kind of talking about enlightenment. She said to this woman, like it's a drug. And I was like, Ooh. damn it. I do want drugs. I do want to not. <laughs> I do want to not be in reality, right? And so we think with ourselves, and you know this so much, and I, I want you to talk. I've talked so much. <laughs> apparently, I haven't talked to anyone else today. I had a lot of words. I'm, I'm here for it. Give me all the words, Allison. Um, you know, but I can't remember where I would. Enlightenment. Um, Oh, enlightenment. Yeah. I think with self-improvement and self-development, we just, it's so easy to start thinking of ourselves as a robot. And Mm -hmm. I think also with all of the, you know, now we're more aware of our thoughts and and the power of of thoughts and thinking and all of the good stuff like that. But what I did with all those tools was just beat myself up with them. Right. For for a long time. (laughs) <laughs> I resonate I resonate so so deeply with your story because and when we were doing our our power hour these one off sessions that Allison does which if she has any spots open if you're listening to this right now I recommend you snag one up because it was such such a great use of my hour my goodness Thank you. but I resonate so deeply with your story and I feel a little bit like oh my gosh, I'm you at that one phase and you're like ahead of me here and you can see yourself in me and it's so nice to have someone that can kind of hold up a mirror to this point of, you know, I built this business and everything was going good and I was doing all the things and everything was great. And I hit a deep, deep season of burnout. And I realized that I was constantly achieving and chasing my worth and wanting to feel validated in other people, including my clients, which is not, you know, the best way to show up as a coach. You know, it's not about me, but I realized that I was self-helping myself to death. Like you said, I was using the tools I was learning against me. It was almost like, 
you feel shame about not doing the things to take care of yourself. And then you learn the tools and then you get it wrong and you feel shame for getting it wrong and not being a perfect human because you know better. And it just becomes this like vicious cycle. And what I found so wildly refreshing about your book, Allison, was it was okay, we don't want to call it a self-help book. We want to call it a self-acceptance book. You know, um, and here's the thing. If you want to call it help, great. Like, you know, words are slippery, whatever. True. true. <laughs> what I loved about it was it was one of the first books that I read that wasn't about trying to fix yourself. It was about learning how to fully embrace yourself and really own the fact that you're already awesome. And I just feel like that's – where I'm at right now in this season of recognizing like, wait, actually, like, yes, these tools are amazing and I will absolutely continue to use them, but I am not this never ending project that needs to be fixed. I am a human and I'm really more in this phase of my own, I guess, personal development journey of just getting to know myself like deeply in my core and kind of like deconditioning from these decades of achieving for my worth and realizing now like oh oh i don't have to i don't have to do that i can just love and embrace exactly who i am and it's kind of like it feels a little bit like a homecoming like mm, a coming home so to myself and your book was just such a beautiful step into this phase for me i loved it so much in fact that i immediately bought a copy for every single woman that it was my coaching program and sent oh, it to them oh thank you that means are crying <laughs> That means so much. Thank you so much. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in. It is so special to have you here, but I wanted to ask you a quick question. Do you like hearing from me? Not just in this way on the podcast, but what would you think about getting a little bit of sunshine into your inbox every Wednesday morning? That's exactly what I send to everybody that has signed up for my email list. Every Wednesday, I let you know what the new podcast is that's dropping. I also give you free resources, books I'm reading, quotes I'm loving, recommendations, and just whatever thoughts are stewing in my brain. And I'd love to have you hang out with me over there. You can click the link below to sign up for my email list, and I would love to see you in your inbox. And I, I don't want anybody listening to be like, oh, I'm doing it wrong, like, right? Like, right. I right. really think it's just... It's part of the process, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's part of learning. It's part of, I mean, you you see anybody when they get really into something, they can become really stringent about it and maybe a little judgmental about it, right? Where you're like, oh, now I'm enlightened. I will give it to my partner and my sister and my mom and I will heal the world. And it's it's a very um, it's a very noble, beautiful idea. Um, and I think it's just, it, I don't think there's anything inherently incorrect. I think though, if you want to come to greater peace and you want to come to greater understanding of yourself like that, I love how you said it's like a homecoming, right? Mm-hmm. You start to, instead of fixing, you start to notice and accept and I really have done a lot of work around embracing the shadow And it's something that I felt compelled to understand, even just the idea, like, what does it mean to embrace the shadow? And I I remember I was actually at a meditation retreat and I just started like asking people, what do you know about shadow? What do you know about shadow work? And this was maybe like 
four or five years ago. And I don't think the internet was as much of a therapist then as it is now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't think there was as much of the the analyzing and, and trauma resources, but in, in for better and for worse. And so it's been it's been really like a cool part. I feel like that's like the next part for me, right? For people that aren't familiar with what what shadow work even is, can you give a just a quick explanation of what that means? Yes. Yeah. And I meant to do that. Thank you. I just start rambling. Okay, so this is the best way I like to think of it is Ursula, Maleficent. You get into that evil queen and the shadow um, by Carl Jung, psychoanalysis, right? It's the parts of your personality that have been fractured along the way and you believe them to be not acceptable. So whether through nature, nurture, conditioning. So for example, in your family, if you were throwing a tantrum or getting mad, maybe a parent said to you, we don't get mad. We don't, we don't do that. We don't act that way. Um, and even if they didn't say it in a really harsh way, you might have internalized it as this part of me that gets mad. Um, this isn't acceptable. It doesn't receive the validation, the nurturing, the love that, that I crave. And so I'm going to cast it from myself. And as you cast it from yourself, you can just think of like it becomes your shadow. I don't, I don't want to see it. It's not really a part mm-hmm. of me. But just kind of like Peter Pan – Thanks for asking. I haven't gotten to explain it like this before. I'm just like, (laughs) but like, just like Peter Pan, you know, he like loses his shadow and he's trying to stick it back on. Like you can't actually lose your shadow. And so in Jungian psychoanalysis, uh, I love Clarissa Pinkola Estes. She wrote Women Who Run With Wolves. And so Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, he's a, a psychiatrist and he's big in shadow work. And then there will be what they call Jungian psychoanalysis. And mm-hmm. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who wrote Women Who Run With Wolves, she is a Jungian and not like psychoanalysis. So the way that she teaches is very much about embracing all parts of the self. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the the work of embracing all of the archetypes is you are both Ariel and Ursula. Mm-hmm. You're Ariel and you're Ursula, and guess what? You're Flounder, who's the fool. You're Sebastian, who in the tarot would be like the hierophant, like the ruler, the kind of like the rule follower. Uh-huh. Um, you're you're the magician, right? So it's like all the archetypes of the tarot. Joseph Campbell does mythology. It's that's why Greek myths and storytelling. So in Jungian psychoanalysis and Clarissa Pinkola Estes, she does a lot of storytelling. And so the power of story and the power of fantasy has become very, very alluring and interesting to me. And so um, when you're reading a story or when you're watching a movie, if you're like, okay, um, I'm interested in this shadow work. Well, here's like a fun, quick, easy way to tap into this is when you're watching a movie And you're like, oh, that's the worst person. Try to see similarities between yourself and that person. Mm. And not in a shame way, but like in a way of, hmm, I think, yeah, okay, I can be a monster sometimes. Now, here's the thing about that. You, it is a very terrifying, very difficult, very um, harrowing like prospect if you don't have that base of unconditional love. Mm. you got to know, you got to know you're good. Like you are good. You Mm. acted like a monster. You're good. You said this thing, you did that thing. 
I mean, it, maybe the thing isn't good, but you are good, mm-hmm. right? You got to come, you got to be able to come back to that place. So that's why building this self-acceptance, this self-compassion, this unconditional love for yourself that you then will extend to the people and the world around you is so important because only in accepting these shadow parts of yourself are you accepting the whole. And mm. just like you're saying, it's this homecoming. And so shadow work is being able to see the parts of you that you have cast off, see the parts of you that maybe you haven't wanted to bring along with you. And then once you see them, once you have awareness of them, you can decide do I want to bring this with me? But if you have like this invisible thing attached to you that you don't know is there, you can't make any conscious decisions about it. And what actually ends up happening is it starts to direct and pull you. And then all of the ways that you didn't want to be, you'll find they're (laughs) They're roaring out of you. So I, I do think it's this really, really fun, beautiful, exciting thing where you're like, I'll be Ursula. Yeah. She's fierce. Well, and also like, I I don't want to hurt people. Sure. I I mean, but also sometimes we do want to hurt people, right? Like being able to like accept like, yeah, there's a part of me that gets petty and jealous and is like, I hope they burn for what they've done to me. (laughs) Right. And Uh just just like shutting it off and using a lot of these self-development tools and awareness tools to try to like militarize our thoughts and like be this like performing cog of perfectionism. That's not the true human experience. And so in no way am I advocating that we just go around um, like hurting people. (laughs) No, I'm saying that by accepting these parts of yourself, by having this unconditional love by seeing the whole it won't it won't like take your hand and guide you mm-hmm. it will you'll, it will be a conscious experience and you can decide if you, what you want to lead with i love that i'm going to nerd out for a second yay <laughs> one of my one of my goals this year is actually to read less self-help books um, of course, I always want to continue learning and exploring those tools, but I realized that last year I was only reading those things and it's, you know, like, sure, some of it's helpful, but also I'm already awesome. So my goal this year was to start reading more for fun, just for pure enjoyment. But what I'm discovering is there's still so much to be learned in books that are nonfiction. And you you talking about the shadow work and talking about the power of story um, I actually have a book right here next to me because I'm that obsessed with this new series. Have you read the A Court of Thorns and Roses book? <laughs> of course I have. Of course you have. Of course you have. So so just to your point, I after I wrote my book and while I was writing it, mm-hmm. I just didn't want to read any nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like you, like, I mean, I've read every nonfiction forever. Yeah. And it's all yeah. I read is nonfiction. And in the last couple of years, um, I've gotten very, very into fantasy, specifically fantasy romance. Um, yes, and that's what you're, you're, so you held up a yes. court. I mean, A Court of Thorn and Roses is the series. That is, yes. and here's the thing about fantasy is it's strict dichotomies of good and evil. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the gray shades in between. And it's always the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And so we get to put ourselves in the place of the hero's journey. And that's why I love Sarah J. Mass because her her strong feminine female leads is a very cathartic experience. Totally. totally. So you're reading a court of frost. Wait, which one are you in? Yes, I'm on the fourth book. So it's a court of frost and starlight. Um, uh, the, it's more of like the the holiday special is what I'm going to call it. Oh, it is. It is the holiday special. It's very good. It's very it's good. It's so good. It's Wait, so good. You're going to be to Nesta's book soon. Is that the last one? Oh, yeah. It's really good. Okay. I heard it's very <laughs> steamy and I'm very excited about it. Um, but okay. <laughs> if if you are – if you're reading this series right now, um, just like – maybe don't listen to this one part. It's not even going to spoil that much, but just don't listen to this next part. But you talking about the shadow work. I don't know if you remember, I think it's maybe book three. They talk about, um, there's this bone carver creature and yes. he says, I'll help you if you bring me back. I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but the Orboros mirror, this mirror. Okay. Yes. But everyone that looks in the mirror turns crazy. So she's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to go and look in the mirror because I'm going to turn crazy. I'm going to lose myself. And finally she gets so desperate in this battle that she's like, I'm going to go and find the mirror. And she looks into the mirror. And what she sees is this creature that is strong and powerful and terrifying and angry. And what she realizes that is that what she sees in the mirror is herself. And she was strong enough that she didn't go crazy. It's her shadow. It's the shadow work. And she doesn't go crazy. And the bone carver, she brings it back to him. He's like, oh, yeah, you witnessed yourself. And most people do go crazy because they aren't willing to accept all parts of themselves. And I'm like, shadow work, baby. In fantasy, you don't even have to to read personal development to learn this stuff. Hmm. No. And that is it. It's also like Frodo and Gollum. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it is so like in the Lord of the Rings, it is so apt that Gollum used to be a hobbit. He's like literally like a shadow form of Frodo, right? It's yeah. like what happens when you let that power just consume you. So like we don't want to be Gollum, mm-hmm. right? But Frodo, in order to survive, he has to go a little crazy. He has to have a little bit of the dark. He has to die a death, right? Mm-hmm. And that's also another like really cool part of shadow work and archetype work and working with symbolism is we let parts of ourselves die. And in the end of my book, somebody brought this up to me recently. I was like, oh yeah, I, I, re- I remember that. There's a quote in the end of my book, which I won't go and find, but it's from another Jungian psychoanalysis. And he's talking about the tendency towards suicide. And he's using a Greek myth. And he's saying that, you know, part of the tendency towards suicide is also part of you wants to die. And so mm. if we can face that and allow part of us to be let go, then we can become like this new version of ourselves, right? This new Mm -hmm. creature. And so I think, you know, a lot of times when we're feeling those very low, low, dark feelings, if we can remember that, you know, we're being called to examine things and that we can let parts go but we also get to continue on. Yeah. And that that's the part that is just started this is the first non it's the first nonfiction book I've read in years and years. My mom just sent it to me and I just started it and it's called Bittersweet. Okay. And it's it's really really good. 
Um, and it's talking, it talks about the importance of sorrow and melancholy mm-hmm. and for creation and for the arts. And so during these past few years, as I have been doing this work, it has been very, very difficult. And I didn't like elect to do it. My body stopped working and I stopped being able to live. So it was like, live or don't live. And I, I chose to heal. I chose to keep going. It was very difficult. Um, and one of the greatest tools for me has been art mm-hmm. and creating and just returning. Our inner artist is so much our inner child. So regardless of how you feel about creativity, part of that healing is returning to that inner child. So actually tonight, I'm really excited. I'm calling it Allison After Dark. And I'm going to be doing an Instagram live where I'm just going to do nervous system regulating. We're going to be dazzle a match jar. And I'm excited to start to share this because it has been so powerful. And so I guess all this to say is, You don't have to go out there and be like, I'm going to do my shadow work. I'm going to do this. Just live your life with awareness and consciousness. Be present in your life. And the good news and the bad news about life is it's going to give you crap. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to give you pain. It's going to give you sorrow. Mercury is going to be in retrograde, right? Like you're going to get, whether it's the planets or some crap X, right? Or a crappy parent. I, whatever, you know, whatever it is for you, you're going to be presented with these opportunities. You don't have to go out there and manufacture them. Life is hard enough, man. You don't have to go make it harder. If only I'd listen to my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. (laughs) Ever thought about having your own podcast? From one podcaster to another aspiring podcaster, I think you should totally go for it. Your story and wisdom deserves to be shared. And the good news is you don't have to go it alone. Full transparency, my podcast would not be possible every week without the support of my incredible podcast producer and manager, Jill Carr. She helped me bring my vision to life by helping me handle all the the behind-the-scenes tech to launch it into the world. If you're looking to take to the mic and launch your own show, but the tech logistics and launch process are leaving you feeling overwhelmed and intimidated, I can't recommend Jill Carr Podcasting enough to support you. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about her services and how she can help bring your podcast vision to life. I love it. And I was actually, I wanted to talk to you about the creativity piece. Something for me that I noticed um, during my season of burnout that I'm coming out of now, if I feel like I'm coming out of it now. And then one of the w- reasons why I feel like I'm coming out of it is because I've come back to my creativity. I realized that I was so in this place of consuming and performing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I forgot how to play for the sake of playing. I used all of my free time for the sake of you know productivity. And you actually recommended this book to me called The Artist's Way during yes. our power hour. And because I told you that I want to write a book. And basically you're like, hey, release the pressure of the book and just start writing. And I started doing um, one of the the tools they tell you is morning pages, which is just writing three pages in the morning. It doesn't have to be about anything specific, just like giving yourself permission to just write whatever it is. And coming back to writing, not for the sake of it having to be a social media post or an email or a book, 
has been so cathartic for me mm-hmm. and so helpful for this homecoming process that I was talking about. And getting out a sketchbook just to sketch for the hell of it has been yeah. so, so helpful. And I think coming back to that inner child, coming back to that play, coming back to that creativity, and I'm just going to call BS on anyone listening right now who says they are not creative. I don't believe that's true. I, I, I don't that believe that either. I believe everyone is creative. And I am a person who has from day one been put in the creative circle, whether it's mm-hmm. through writing or just being kind of a weirdo. Like I'm, I, I've always said like, I'm not quite normal enough to be normal, but I'm not like crazy enough to be truly crazy, but actually I might be at this point. So either, either <laughs> way, can I just say you are the best student. Look at you. getting. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you are amazing. And, you know, a big part, I love what you said because it's so key and it's just so rough right now is to create for the sake of creating, Mm. not for the sake of sharing. And, you know, I'm intense. I needed a full removal for a long period of time, about a year and a half of not sharing, not putting stuff out because I'd been sharing on the internet for 10 to 15 years every day for years. And years. And interesting that my art stopped. Interesting that my craftiness stopped. Interest mm-hmm. interesting. And no shame, just interesting. Right. Yeah. And when you know, when I was at the lowest of the lowest of the lows, the thing that truly saved me was flowers and and creating with flowers and arranging with flowers. And Um, I had actually worked in a flower shop in college and taken a floral design class. And then when I was first married, my in-laws volunteered me to do flowers for, for this random girl's wedding and she didn't have any money. And I was like, I'll do the flowers. And they got ruined. Somebody put them in a hot car. And this is going to sound like really extreme to some people and some people are going to get it. I was so upset that I had ruined this woman's flowers and her wedding day that I, I truly felt like I didn't deserve to live. And I just would never do create any flowers ever again. And so to be able to come back to them and to be able to just go out into my garden and start cutting flowers and arranging them and then, you know, got a wholesale thing and and, and started going to the flower markets and started creating funeral arrangements for some people I was close to. And to be able to create flowers like that, like that's a, like a, I mean, I didn't, I volunteered to do a, it's called a casket spray. I volunteered to do a casket spray. I didn't even know what it was called, but I went, my friend's dad had passed away and I brought her some soup and I was talking to her and I'd been making all these flowers. And she said, you know, my mom, my mom doesn't think we need flowers, but I really think we need flowers. And I was like, I opened my mouth to say, I'll help you find someone. And out of my mouth just came, I'll do it. And I was like, what am I doing? No, this is, I was, I was, you know, I was, I wasn't super healthy. Like I wasn't feeling great. And, but it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. I listened to Motown, which was his favorite music while I did the flowers and I felt him the whole time and I danced and I just felt like I was walking on air and Mm. I created the most beautiful jaw-dropping arrangement and everything just came together and it was like 
it just really was such a beautiful lifeline at that at that time. Mm, and yeah. I know that if I had been feeling pressure to post pictures of my flowers on social media and Instagram and getting a bunch of responses and, you know, oh, do people like it? Oh, this is good. Or I thought more people were going to tell me it was good, right? Like just mm-hmm. having that not even be part of my consciousness was so healing. And I really was hesitant to share my art online because I was like, I don't want to create for the sake of sharing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have been really slow and really deliberate about it. But at the end of it, like I've, I've been able to come to a place where I'm like, I create, there's things that I create for me that are for me. And I've been able to get into the headspace of I'm creating for me. And then after the fact, if I do decide to share somewhere along the line, cool. Like I just shared this dried floral wreath that I made. And I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, this is so beautiful. This is going to go viral. Like this is, <laughs> this is, is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. It's like this time. I'm like, this is going to be huge. And it was right before I was brave enough to, to say that I was going to do this, you know, Allison after dark. Uh-huh. So of course, of course, what happens right when I decide to move forward, right when I decide to put a horse in the race, right when I decide to be vulnerable, I, I share this other piece of my art and what happens? Does it go viral? Does it get lots of validation? No. <laughs> of course not. Because the universe, God, they're like, prove it. Prove, prove it. it. <laughs> prove, prove your heel. Prove oh it out. And I'm like, damn, I am. You all can kiss it. I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> I love that so much. Right? And so – um. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I just am going to keep living it imperfectly, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I love, love, love you writing for writing and reading for joy and pleasure and curiosity because that's what breeds hope and passion and mm-hmm. joy. And when you're feeling burnout, that's what's dead hope, passion, and joy, right? Ooh, that's so good. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank yes. you. I, if you. I'm like, yeah, it's just you. I'm just like paraphrasing you at this point. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. it's so true though. And I I feel like what I would love to just encourage anybody listening to this to think about is when was the last time you created just for the sake of creating, not to get validation for other people, not to share it online, but just, just to like warm your soul and whatever that means for creativity, like one of my favorite ways to create is in the kitchen. I love cooking. Like I put on, I love that you were listening to Motown. I really love like 60s, 70s soul music has been <gasps> my jam lately. Yes. Um, like you can't not be in a good mood when you're dancing to 60s and 70s soul. So I like put it on in the kitchen and I just like, I create these beautiful meals that make me so happy and I enjoy it. And getting or getting out a sketchbook or going to a pottery class or doing flowers or whatever it is, just come back to that inner child. Come back to creating something, not because you want someone else to say that it's good, but because you just enjoy the process of it. Just because it's yeah. fun, and let it let it be. <laughs> and like I feel like the tools in my book like are they're so good for helping. So the book is made of 12 shifts and they're all to help you shift your mind back to, I'm already as awesome as I need to be. And so I really, for me, using those shifts while I was creating 
to help me get out of my head and help me not make it such an analytical, like logical brain activity, but more Mm -hmm. of a play activity. So coming back to that self-acceptance, coming back to, I'm feeling my feelings. Like, what do I do with that sadness? What do I do with that anger? What do I do with that hurt, with that sorrow? Do I want to turn into Ursula and turn people into little shrimps at the bottom of the ocean? Like, maybe, but maybe (laughs) I want to use my magical powers for creation rather than destruction. And so just like, don't show it to anybody. Don't share it with anybody. Who cares if you get crayons and draw? That is what is so crazy. If we were to get a room of 30 adults and give them paper and crayons, how many of them do you think would be able to just let themselves play? Mm. It would be hard, I think. And the reason why I'm so positive about this, that they won't do it, is because I was recently at a friend at an all-day conference, and she had these colored pencils on the table. And I am in in the habit of drawing all the time now. And I watch YouTube tutorials. I feel like a 12-year-old. Like, I I talk to, like, the 15-year-olds in my neighborhood, and I'm like, oh, show me how to draw this. Like, I literally, like, talk to the kids about Mm -hmm. it, right? And I just was, like, doodling with the colored pencils, and not a single person was. Except for my one friend who is a total nutter like me. Um, she does the <laughs> vagina, the vagina blog. So I just call her vagina. Uh, her name's April. Ooh, I love that. Delightful. She's a delightful human. Um, but she had her and her friend had markers, and then we were started sharing the markers. But there were probably like eighty people in that room, and there were three of us playing with the colors. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. So just kind of be like. How interesting that I can't even let myself play. Like maybe next Ooh. time you're at a restaurant and there's a children's menu, grab them for yourself. You know? Ooh, just, yeah. Why not? Why? Why not? You know, it's a crayon. What? It doesn't have to be a work of art. <laughs> mm-hmm. So true. Gosh, I love that. One of the questions that I like to ask everybody on the show, Allison, my podcast is called Climbing and it's a metaphor for life and how we're always climbing these mountains with lots of lots of peaks, lots of valleys. And in this season of your life, what is a mountain that you are currently climbing? Mm, I love, I love you. You're wonderful. I love you. You're just so (laughs) great. Thank you so much for this conversation. It has been really, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Likewise. That's such a beautiful question. When you said that, I got this visualization of like, (laughs) this. you can see where I'm at. I got this visualization of like, being almost to the summit, like at the base of the summit, and you think you're at the summit, but you're not. You're at the yeah. base of the summit, and you're like, there's another mountain to climb, but I just yes. climbed the mountain, so I'm confused about the situation. Yeah. And you're like, toes are frozen, and I just like see an ice storm, and I see this like tent, and like the wind is blowing, and it's super cold, and you're like looking outside, and you're like, but. I did make it this far, so isn't this good enough? That's where I feel right <laughs> I love now. That. It has been hard to to give. To, it's been hard. It's been hard. I put the book out. You know, I traveled. I received. I partied. You know, I made a giant chrysalis for me to emerge from as a butterfly. Like I did it. You know, I brought everything I had, and then there is that sense of. Now what? I mm. I li- I lived my dreams. I achieved my dreams. Now, 
in the past, what I would do is I'd go make my body really hot. Cause yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I'd go control my calories and I'd go work out and I'd just get, you know, obsessed with like making myself look successful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I say that with compassion, totally. but you know, like, and so I just, I'm not motivated by the shame and by the proving. And so it's this place of, so then what fuels me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of the like, I think it has to do with like, I'm 39. I think it has to do a little bit with like middle age where you're like, well, I did it. Now, like I do it again. I keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, didn't, it didn't fix and solve everything. Yeah. Um. So that has been where I've been. But truly in the last week, I was like, okay, I'm going to put a horse in the race. Right. And you could think like having a book out is putting a horse in the race. And it is, but like I already did it. Like it's already out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Done. Check. Yeah. D- check. Like I can talk about it. It's great. But like I'm not actively working on it. And so I've just been really following the curiosity and then also just gave myself a period of time to grieve, mm. to be like, here's all the things I thought were going to happen and they didn't. Here's all the relationships that didn't make it through this really rough period of time. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's for the best, but it sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, here's what I expected it to feel like. And it didn't feel like that. So let me grieve for what, what I believed would be, but is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a really compassionate and difficult thing to do. But I will say, I'm feeling better. Yeah. Like, like it's so it's very much like coming back to my like values and my core of like, and that's what I was like, okay, what can I get excited about? And Mm -hmm. luckily, I had a power hour with this woman who teaches art therapy and does all these really cool programs. And I had had this idea in my head about like maybe doing some something, something, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of kept landing on what's the point? Like, why bother? Like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And after talking to her, and we were just talking about like how art saved us and art heals and art saved our lives and creating. And I just was like, I actually really care about this. Mm -hmm. I actually really care about somebody who is suffering having tools to process those really difficult emotions. And I am in a place where I can share that now without it wrecking or ruining me. It's healthy for me. It's safe for me. And I'm not happy just sitting here doing nothing. So, um, (laughs) and my version of doing nothing is reorganizing my entire house and painting walls. I mean, right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I like to interact with people. And so I think the mountain I'm climbing right now is practicing what I preach and living without being consumed by the perception of what it looks like to be me living to other people. Mm, that's beautiful. That's Thanks. beautiful. I feel that so deeply. Around, a roundabout way of like, that's the mountain she's trying to climb. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Allison, I just appreciate you so much in sharing your wisdom and sharing your heart and sharing your hard 
with us and in your book. And it has just been such a gift to me in my life. Truly, I truly deeply mean that. And um, I know it's helped so many other people. And I'm so excited to see wherever your joy and your compassion takes you next, because I know it's going to be for the good of you and the greater good of all. I truly believe that. For those that are listening that want to get more of you, because who doesn't, right? Who doesn't? Where can they find you, connect with you, absorb more of this goodness that you have to share? The good news is I'm a pretty easy girl to find. I've got my Awesome with Allison podcast, which my husband and I do together and really loving that. And I've it's, I've started my weekly Allison After Dark. It's an Instagram live. Tonight will be the first one. So it's Tuesdays at 8 p.m. MST. Um, I'm on Instagram at the Allison Faulkner. Gosh, I've just got so much stuff too at my website, allisonfaulkner.com. Like there's just, there's lots of free downloads, meditations, but I don't even know what's on there. Go, somebody go look. <laughs> Tell me. I've got a lot of crap. I love it. We will have all of that goodness linked in the show notes. And also, I even even if you're like me and you're wanting to read more fiction this year, make the one nonfiction book you read Allison's book. You're already awesome because it has just been so, so beautiful for me in this season of life that I'm in. And I think it can help so many people. So grab that book. You will be so grateful that you did. And I think create with us, whatever that looks like for you. Yes. I love that invitation. Thank you. Allison, thank you again so, so much for being here. I love your heart and I can't wait to keep dancing with you on the gram. Thank you so much. All the love to you, Kaya. And thank you, sweet listener, for listening to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.